Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the GDT Podcast. I'm John Spainauer. My co-host, Cody, is absent today on a long-awaited vacation, so I'm going to run the show myself today and try not to be awkward as I interview myself. Today is April 19th. We're just a day after the GDT, and sorry for the delay, but we still wanted to bring you the most up-to-date information we could regarding yesterday's GDT. Starting out, we'll go ahead and say that it was a positive result. It was the first positive result we've seen on the GDT in in quite a while and probably one of the strongest uh, overall that we've seen in in a long time. The aggregate auction was up 3.2% and we did have some real outliers here. Let's start out with the biggest increase or the second biggest increase uh, cheddar. Cheddar came in 5.7% higher on this, and that's going to register New Zealand cheese in, at least on the cheddar side, at about $2 a pound. We don't have futures to help predict what we're going to do there, but if you remember four auctions ago, we started to see a, a 10% decrease and then another 10% decrease. And then last auction, we came up slightly, and this auction, we're up another 5.7. So we're back at $2 a pound. That compares to the U.S price coming in right now at $1.63 a pound on the block barrel average, Europe at $1.95. So right now, New Zealand has taken the pole position at $2 a pound on cheese. The EU comes in slightly under that of $1.95, at least on cheddar, and the U.S. at $1.63. You'll note I keep saying at least on cheddar there. In the European Union right now, mozzarella prices are still down around $1.50. And we would look at that and say that that's probably still our main export competitor. We've said many times here that when we can export mozzarella, we typically make less cheddar here in the U.S. And when we don't have good exports, that mozzarella, that we tend to have more cheddar. I'd make the argument right now that we have less exports than what we had last year at this point in time. And as a result, we have more cheddar. That cheddar has come to the exchange. We've seen, again, the black barrel average get down to $1.63. Again, though, I do want to point out New Zealand. The positive part here is that they are up at $2. And again, Europe is at $1.95, opening some room up there for some potential exports, at least on cheddar. As we move down the line here, let's go to skim milk powder. It was up 7%. That's just a a really solid performance out of the skim milk powder side of things. That's going to put, and and I want to get into the nuance here, that's going to put New Zealand skim milk powder at $1.30 a pound. The U.S. right now is right around $1.13, and the EU is at $1.09. When we look at the performance on this auction, European skim milk powder did not perform, and it stayed at $1.09 on the GDT. On the New Zealand side of things, again, we're at $1.30. So we've seen a huge discrepancy open up between New Zealand product on nonfat and the EU and the US. It does leave room for some exports. I want to get into a little bit of nuance as we move into the latter part of this discussion, but I do want to point out there is now a 21 cent spread between the EU and New Zealand and a 17 cent spread between the US and New Zealand skim milk powder, potentially 
and I say potentially opening up the door for exports and maybe some bottoming action here and skim milk powder. As we move over to the fat side of things, we're at 4.9% in butter. That is going to put the New Zealand butter price when I adjust it to 80% fat and bring it back here to the U.S. in dollars per pound. New Zealand's at 219. EU is at 218 and the US is at 237. So all in all, I'll say a little bit of harmony there within the international butter fat arena. However, the US is still the top of the heap here at $2.37. So in terms of futures and the futures expectations for this auction on skim milk powder and butter came in right about where we thought. But I do want to look over before we move on. It's important to focus on whole milk powder. Whole milk powder, which is the big dog of the entire auction. It is the product that New Zealand exports the most of and kind of sets the barometer for the health of the international dairy market in general only came in 1% higher. And that came in right around the expectations of the futures, but it only came in 1% higher. So everything else seems to have had a very nice performance on yesterday's auction, and yet whole milk powder only coming in 1% higher. And I think that illustrates a broader point that I want to dig into here. So this is where Cody would say, well, John, thanks for the rundown on the prices. What stands out to you about this auction? And this is where I would say, hey, Cody, what stands out to me is that the auction generally reacted in the way that futures were predicting a little bit of strength out there. Yet I would say the skim milk powder maybe overachieved a little bit there. But what I what really stands out to me again is that whole milk powder only coming in 1% higher. And as we dig into that and say, huh, everything else was up. Whole milk powder didn't really perform. What's going on here? And I've said it here before, and I would just feel like it's important to restate that the, the biggest buyer of whole milk powder by far is going to be China. They're the biggest participant on the GDT. When they are active, prices tend to, and I say tend to go up or stabilize. And when they're not active, prices tend to come down or don't perform. We'll go ahead and say we were 1% higher. I'm going to call that a stable one. And you could say, well, maybe China was there, but they just weren't really active. China and this one, when we dug into the data, was not strong at all. Their performance was one of the weakest performance that we've seen out of China since last September. And it's the fifth lightest performance from China on the auction since 2020. That's important to me because, A, if we go back in time, China has been a very strong performer on this auction as of recently. It's been very confusing to analysts looking in because we all said, when China comes back, prices are going to go up. Well, China came back and prices generally kept on falling. And here we are, China, you know, you're kind of relying on them to be here now. The, The trend, we always say one auction doesn't make a trend. Well, we went through seven or eight auctions and you assume that there's a trend there and come to find out there's not, you know, this, the trend changed, at least on this auction, China stepped away. And and again, when I say step away, that does not mean they weren't present at all. It just means they weren't present in the, you know, the boldness that we have seen in the past. So I think that's one thing I want to point out. Again, China not being there. Maybe they'll come back next auction, but on this auction, they weren't there and whole milk powder only up 1%. 
then you can go say, well, if China wasn't there, then how did whole milk powder come up 1% at all? And how do these other commodities perform so well? And there's a very curious behavior that took place here. Uh, just reading uh, by doing the auction today, I actually had the ability to cheat a little bit and read some of the other opinions out there and see what people were thinking. And I think everybody's coming to the same conclusion. And that is that, yes, China was not there, but the Middle East was very active. This was the on the auction. This was the highest purchasing power that the Middle East has shown on the GDT since 2015. And on a year over year, they were up 89%. So while China backed out, the Middle East stepped in. And I don't necessarily have a good reason for why the Middle East suddenly stepped in. I would make the argument to you that certainly the Middle East could buy skim out of Europe for $1.09 before they should buy New Zealand at $1.30. And they can buy cheddar out of the EU at $1.95 before they buy it from New Zealand at $2. And they don't have to pay the transportation to get it all the way home. The Middle East has Europe right across the Mediterranean there. So it's a very curious behavior. I think a lot of people are looking in at this and saying, again, one auction doesn't make a trend. And if the Middle East steps away on the next auction, which I think maybe people are expecting to have happen, that maybe the whole thing, we start to go back into that lower result behavior that we've seen out of the last three to four auctions. Again, I, I don't necessarily want to predict that to happen, but I do think it's important to point out that the buying power out of the Middle East at times can be pretty sizable. We saw that on this auction. However, we don't expect that to be long standing. And if for whatever reason, the Chinese can continue to step away from the market and the Middle East backs off what we can only say is a very aggressive bid on this auction then we could see a lower price on the next auction. I want to follow that up, though, by saying that's the glass half empty approach. The glass half full is Middle East showed up. Some of this demand that we haven't seen in quite a long time finally resurfaced. If we go back in time, we'd say, again, when China shows up, we're going to see prices move higher. Well, that didn't again, that didn't happen, as we all have seen. And I stated earlier then. Southeast Asia stepped away from the market and the Middle East was generally gone. Now we've got the Middle East stepping back in. Maybe Southeast Asia does the same thing. And at the same point in time, maybe the Chinese step back in. So if we were to look at it to say some of this ancillary demand has finally come back into the marketplace and, and you say, well, what happens if we have China, the Middle East and Southeast Asia step back in? Then I think we've got the case for some bottoming action here, and we could see prices start to move higher again. Again, I, I don't want to take a predictive you know, outlook on this. I just want to say what, what stands out there right now. And, and, and this was a, a very unique auction, a little bit confusing to a lot of analysts out there saying, what in the heck is the Middle East doing all of a sudden? I, I don't know what they are doing there. I, and I, again, I don't think they've got that kind of sustainable buying power. But if we were to imagine a world where they remain somewhat active and Southeast Asia becomes active again and China just stays in there, at the very least, I think we can make an argument for a bottom. That doesn't mean we have to go higher. That is the result of the auction. Now, this is where Cody might say, 
Well, John, what do you see out there outside of this? What if you could take one thing away from this auction? What can you say that that might be important to the marketplace? And I guess one of the things that I'm really have top of mind here is I think demand is generally okay. I think we can all look at several different metrics to say demand in the world for dairy products, not growing exceptionally, but not falling apart. World trade is is okay. Nothing to write home about. Where I think we're running, continue to run into the bugbear is milk production. And we're going to get a milk production report here in the U.S. today. I suspect it's going to be lower than the last milk production report. And that is going to come more than likely as a result of the horrible, horrible flooding that took place in California during the month of March. We all know it took place. We know it had an effect on milk production. We know how big California is and how important it is to the national milk production figure. So we do expect that to be lower. However, at this point in time, I'm not entirely sure how structural that will be and that we can start to recover that milk loss as we move forward here. Maybe we don't, but I would say that we probably do. New Zealand's starting to recover some of their milk, but I think it's important to continue to focus on Europe. European milk production is very strong. And not only is it very strong, it seems to be a lot stronger than what most people anticipated it being when a lot of contracts were cut back in October. Okay. So as we move forward here and we are around, you know, we're, we made it through Q1, we're starting into Q2. We expect to see some of these lower prices that we're seeing out of the European commodity complex start to filter through and have an effect on European milk production. But I would like to say as of yet, it hasn't. Germany is still 3% higher. France never quite caught on to the the higher milk production, but their milk production has remained about negative 2.5 through this whole thing. And as a result of this big milk production that we're seeing out of Europe, we've seen the Europeans have to come into the export market, into that international arena, and they're looking for a home to sell that milk in the international market and to get it sold and get it cleared. Mozzarella prices and cheese are $1.50. Skim is $1.09, right? And as you look at that, that just makes it difficult for the U.S. to compete. For Let me put it this way. We can compete, but we have to be at a competitive price. And I guess I would look at it to say New Zealand, for whatever reason, went to a $1.30 skim on this auction. Again, we believe it was led by interest out of the Middle East, maybe for a very specific product that they were looking for or a very specific specs. It puts me into the idea of saying, I am predicting a little bit. We expect that interest to die down a little bit, and we start to see some harmonization back here in the skim prices. And as far as the cheese price goes, yes, the rest of the world is higher on cheddar, but our exports that we really need to move are mozzarella. And again, Europe's is at $1.50, and I see that as a direct result of European milk production. So for me, all eyes are on European milk production. When we start to get that cleaned up and we start to see milk production pull back a little bit there in Europe, I think that opens the door for European commodity prices to go higher and opens the door for more exports. At this moment in time, though, we don't see that. We continue to see heavy milk production out of Europe. 
And that leads me to believe that even though this was a positive result for all the products on the GDT, that positive result seems to be led by the Middle East. And we would look at that and say this is probably a temporary rally right now on the GDT rather than a sustained structural difference. Things might look different. Our attitude will change or my attitude will change as we get to learn a little bit more about European milk production and if we're starting to see that pull back. But as of now, it's still very strong. And that leads us to believe that this is probably more of a fleeting opportunity than a structural change. With that being said, thank you for joining us today. Sorry we're a day late, but a lot of travel and the schedule these days. And we look forward to talking to you in two weeks. Until then, please feel free to reach out to us with any comments, questions, or concerns. And make sure you sign up for this podcast and and get subscribed to it. We look forward to talking to you every two weeks. So thank you very much and have a great week. 